In the New Testament book of Romans, we find something that's very, very critical for us to wrap our arms around. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? We're going to talk about that as we draw closer to God in this daily devotional, the Another Chance daily devotional. I'm Brian Sussman. Let me begin by saying it is a privilege to spend time with you. I know you're taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Some of you are at home. Some of you may have a break at work. Some of you are doing a little windshield time. You're driving down the road. Uh, Please, two hands on the wheel. And I'm praying right now for your safety. But let's pray a prayer for all of us at this moment in time. Father, please, I pray for that brother or sister driving right now. Keep them safe as, as they're on the road. And yet at the same time, may they be able to really enjoy this moment of devotion. I'm praying for that brother or sister right now who's just really going through the ringer. Life has been so difficult and they just want to draw nearer to you. I pray that in this podcast there will be encouragement and they will be better equipped to go out there and get them in your name. And, and I'm praying for that brother or sister right now who, who's, who's new to the faith, maybe new to a podcast like this. Father, I pray that I'm not talking over their head, but instead I'll, instead I'll talk right to their heart and that your Holy Spirit will guide them and open their ears to hear what you have for them. That we pray this in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. In the introduction of this podcast, I referred you to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? And if your back is ever up against the wall and you're feeling the pressures of life, just remember that. If God is for you, who can be against you? But that's the setup to take us into Matthew 26, verses 31 and 32. I'm using the New International Version. Uh, There may be a version of the Bible you enjoy better, but I just find for public reading, this, in my personal experience, is about the best. For my study purposes, I should just mention to you, I usually use the New King James Version of the Bible or the New American Standard Version. But nonetheless, here we are in Matthew 26, verse 31, 32. The night before his death, Jesus said to his disciples, this, this is an amazing one in and of itself, isn't it? This is, this is the night before Jesus was to be crucified. He knew what lie ahead. And here's what he said to these these guys that he had picked to follow him. This very night, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, 
I will go ahead of you into Galilee. I'm sure that those present, the disciples, and there were others in the mix as well, who were there traveling with this loyal band, they had no idea what the Lord was talking about. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Maybe even privately they spoke among themselves saying, what what is he talking about? He's acting so odd tonight. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now, reading further, we find that Peter just found this whole thing hard to accept. In fact, he may have said to himself, maybe the others, Lord, but not me. No matter what he said, no matter what he thought, he ended up denying the Lord three times shortly thereafter. Just as the rooster crowed, you remember the story, just as the rooster crowed and Jesus was led out by the soldiers, the Lord turned his eyes to Peter. So Jesus had denied his Lord three times. He's in a courtyard. Some of you have actually visited that courtyard in Jerusalem. He's in the courtyard. I don't know how many people were present, hundreds, maybe they packed a couple thousand into that courtyard. But nonetheless, despite the crowd, despite the fact that he was not in earshot of Jesus, the rooster crowed and the Lord's eyes turned to Peter. And that gaze was too much for Peter to bear. He had betrayed Jesus in his hour of greatest need and overcome with guilt we read that Peter wept bitterly. There are many sad portions of the Bible, but for me, that that's the saddest of them all. Have you ever seen a man weep bitterly? Especially a man who's strong and, and confident like Peter was. To see a person like that weep bitterly, it's painful. And yet there was Peter, overcome with guilt, weeping bitterly. He failed Jesus. And during the next few hours, as you know from reading the story, Jesus was mercilessly beaten, crowned with thorns, and eventually nailed to a wooden cross, as, as a pack of wolves howled about him in glee. All the disciples were filled with grief, but perhaps none among them experienced the depths of Peter's discouragement and shame because he was the guy who said, I'll always be there, Lord. I'll always be there for you. And then when the hour came, he wept bitterly. How could he face the other disciples? Another person to think about here was Jesus' mother. We know she was present at the crucifixion. Think about this. How could you face her her again? She understood that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Whether or not she actually envisioned how his, his death would come about 
is one thing, but he would have to face her as well. I guess the question was, would would his friends over the past few years, would, would Mary, Jesus' mother, would others ever trust him again? Would he have any credibility with these people ever again? Could he ever see them face to face again? But then you know that the resurrection of Jesus brought new hope and fresh anxiety. The angel at the empty tomb, we read in Mark 16, told the women who came to anoint Jesus' body for proper burial, the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazarene, Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified, but he has risen. (laughs) He's not here. See the place where they laid him. It was empty. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. These are the two words I want us to focus on here because this may speak to you right now. And Peter. But go tell his disciples, the angel said, and Peter. Friends, you may be experiencing great pain right now because of a decision you made. You may be experiencing anguish because of something that was done to you. Maybe it's great shame. It could be a multitude of things that have you down in the dumps right now. Can I tell you something? Jesus is saying, and fill in the blank with your name. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Go tell his disciples and your name. He's singling you out by name. He's for you, not against you. He has your best interest in mind. How do you think Peter felt about that? Not only did Jesus rise from the dead, but he called Peter out by name (laughs) through this angel. And you know something, as we read further, Peter was soon to experience God's love and God's forgiveness and God's restoration. And that's just what the Lord would have for you. He has for you love. He has for you forgiveness. He has for you restoration. What do you need right now? And your name. What loving words of assurance, in this case for Peter, who had been unfaithful. (laughs) You will live an entire lifetime on planet Earth. You will never deny Jesus the way Peter did. And Peter, and you. What loving words. It's as if the Lord was saying, no matter what you've done, there's forgiveness. There is hope. There's restoration. I'm alive. I'm with you all the way. I offer you a new beginning. I offer you another 
chance. And the rest is history. Peter spent the rest of his days proclaiming boldly the good news of the Lord he once denied. He became a mighty witness of the gospel for Jesus, finally sealing his faith with his own blood and martyrdom. Peter leaves us a legacy of one who failed, but by the power of Yeshua, by the power of the Savior, he had a new beginning and a meaningful life for the glory of God. So once again, I ask, are you discouraged? Are you like Peter, dismayed at the extent of your inadequacies? The pressure of of not living out your faith the way you would have liked to, the way you knew you should. Maybe there have been times when you have denied Jesus through word or deed. Jesus knows what we, his followers, will face in this life. Our faithfulness will be tested many, many times. Our enemy, the devil, walks around, we're told, like a roaring lion seeking someone he can devour. We will be tested many times through temptation, rejection, opposition, discouragement. But in those beautiful words to Peter, we can see the will of our Lord is that we will be able to bounce back, prevail, and become a source of strength and inspiration for others. So, my dear friend, take heart. Be encouraged by the words of God as spoken through the angel in the garden. His message is as much for you right now as it is for the one who felt he had gone too far to be ever accepted again. Put your own name in the blank. Tell blank. You. 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 Tell Brian, Jesus has risen from the dead. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray, except for those of you driving right now. You can bow your heart, two hands on the wheel. Simple prayer. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Empower me to stand for you always. Help me strengthen my brother and sister. I want to be an effective ambassador of your love. Amen. This is the Another Chance podcast because he's not just the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance. Thank you for joining me. If you like this podcast, please feel free to give it a like, feel free to give it a share, spread the news. I really appreciate it. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America.